I mean he's an impersonator. A fake. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you the following urgent announcement. You, yes you, put down that oversized bottle of scrumpy and listen here. Do you like being entertained? Do you like television? Well, do we have the show for you. Built for people who love TV, where three rapscallions dissect two television shows, one old and one not so old, for a probable audience of one. It's time for Hardly TV History. Hello and thanks for tuning in to Hardly TV History, the show where three idiots talk about two TV shows with a probable audience of one. My name is Shannon and as usual, joined here by Jake. Suit up everyone. And Christian. Hey everyone, how you doing? I'm changing up I think I'm this week. I think, I, I think I'm late from the last podcast, but yeah, it did sound that's a that's a little bit Barney yeah. Stinson, I thought. But it, it was Barney Stinson too. It works yeah. here too. Yeah, it works here too. Uh, today we've two we've chosen two TV shows um, that I think well they use memory as a plot device. I think is the way I would describe it. Uh, we are of course talking Suits and Psych. Um, we've we've fudged the numbers a little bit. I don't think they're that. New and old. I think they're roughly uh, the same kind of era. Uh, we're we're going to uh, take. Psychic in 2014 and Suits and the 2019. So we're oh, we're all right. Yeah, all right. Well, let's we, 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 we just. We yeah, just, and yeah. I think Psych started 2006, so it's fairly reasonably old. It's it's old enough, and really, if anyone's holding us to account, don't, because you know, again, we're getting this for free, people. So come that's on. exactly right. Yeah. How much did you pay? Yeah, nothing. That's right. So you you don't get to you know, it's like the government. You know, you don't get to argue about it because you don't. I know you give them lots of money. It's not yes. like the government in any sense. No. You give us no money and get all the content for free. That's right. Yeah. We're better than the government, is what I'm saying. Yep, we're kind of like maybe corporate people who just shove advertising at you, but yeah. we're not really advertising anything. I think we, you know, I, I I like to think of us as Robin Hoods, really. To be honest, we take from the rich. Mm-hmm. Being, being being us and we give mm. of us to mm. i'm not calling the audience poor i just don't know how to get out of this mm. metaphor and so therefore <laughs> help me what I'm asking. suits and selections oh that's side. right that's right it's those shows we're talking about so uh well let's talk let's talk psych first given it's our oldest one mm, sure uh, it's it's a it's a, mo- a show that i hadn't seen before so give our audience a little bit of a tester a taster of what it's about yeah, sure, Shannon. I hadn't seen it any either before um, before today. So uh, I sat down and, and watched the first episode. Psych is a a police drama um, featuring a, a character named Sean who is a person with an eidetic memory. Um, he's had an interesting background through his life, and the show is based around him faking being a uh, a psychic who can go and solve crimes. He enlists the help of his friend. Um, uh, Gus, who is uh, Dulé Hill. You might recognize him from um, shows like The West Wing and he's been on a number of other things. Um, but basically they form a private detective agency that goes around solving crimes uh, th- ostensibly through his psychic abilities. But really he's just got this eidetic memory and, and this heightened awareness that he can use to you know, pick up um, hints and, and clues and then you know, make deductions to, to solve the crime. Now, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Psych either, so this was the first viewing for me. Uh, I actually kind of enjoy myself watching this. It was, it was a, uh, it reminded me very much of, uh, it was Lucifer, that same kind of tone, which I think Lucifer stole a lot from from Psych. Uh, for those who have seen Lucifer, you might you mm. might get the connection. But no, I, I think the the problem, the, the the similarity between this and Suits is that they're both pretending to be something they're not Correct. by using their memory. Hmm. Yeah, yeah no, and, and and memories effectively you 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 can see you can look at something and effectively remember all of the de- the detail of that of that thing whether it's a crime scene or a book you can effectively read and it just stores in the memory and there are this is a real i'll say condition but it's effectively a superpower really hmm. in that people can can remember all the things that happen to them and there are real people that can do that and i'm very jealous of them because my memory sucks uh i every time i learn a new fact mainly about movies, it pushes math out of my head. 
<laughs> it does the same thing for me, except it's generally names. So I'm always wandering around saying to people, I've met you and I'm trying to figure out um, what's going on. So Shannon and Jake, if we're ever together in a social situation and I'm just sort of standing there nodding along and not saying somebody's name, I just need you to give me a bit of a bit of a push and, and just say the person's name that we're speaking it's, to. It's always un, un, unsettling when you ring me at 3am and say that down the line. That's that's when it <laughs> creeps me out a little bit. Got well, you weren't doing anything that. else. What, what, were you, what were you doing? Just sleeping? Like, well, come yeah, on. It's usually, but, uh, you know, my life is my life. Thank you. Um, so... <laughs> Look, I, I didn't like this. I, I must say it wasn't something really? that, that struck me. No, I, I, I found, let's talk characters first because we, yep. we normally start there. I find mm-hmm. the lead, um, Shawnee boy, Sean Spencer, um, I find him really annoying and arrogant and mm-hmm. horrible and I don't like yep. him. Um, and therefore it kind of put me off the whole thing. I really didn't believe the relationship between him and Gus. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like the police officers that I think we're supposed to like. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, just didn't like any of the characters. So the interesting fact about uh, Lucinda Barry, who's the police officer or the detective, mm-hmm. she gets replaced after this episode. So they mm-hmm. had a test screening with her, and they she she was told that she wasn't you know, up for the part, and they um, the test audience didn't relate to her, so they actually cut her from the show and replaced her with someone else. Yeah, oh, so is that, is that's that's the 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 head. That's detective, the detective, the pregnant lady, or the detective that sort of. Having an affair with, with the main guy, the, the, with the, the affair, yeah, right. Yeah. She she's been in stuff before, right? Like I I picked her up straight away. She's, she's been in a lot of bit. She's, she's in House. She's in How Much Your Mother. She's in. She the, she's in. Actually, like, little bits parts. She maybe, friends. Maybe. She bounces around a lot, so she's one of those faces you kind of remember right away. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought her performance in this wasn't that great, so she was probably one of the the weaker weaker performers. I felt, um, Shannon, I take your point about the show not doing it much for you, the characters not being great. How much of that is just down to the writing and I suppose the formation of the characters, and how much is due to the show being made in two thousand and six and it just being a bit of a dated sort of you know, stereotype. I, I actually have I have a lot of issues with this with this hmm. show um, that extend past the characters. I. I my, my major issue with this is I think it's deathly boring um, in the mm-hmm. sense that it's actually just a police procedural and I don't think it's mm-hmm. a particularly good police procedural. So, you know, you look at something like CSI, its procedural mm-hmm. is, is breaking down um, science in a particularly kind of uh, visual way um, yep. and you look at something like Law and Order and there's a really clear pattern with Law and Order and it's quite grimy and dirty in parts and there's, mm-hmm. there's action in it. I, I think this is kind of just really, it just, it just moves along. I think... Part of its problem is its length, is that if this mm. was a half an hour procedural, then I think it actually does a lot better than a full hour. Um, and whether that's just a pilot issue, and I think that, um, you know, it, it's an hour 20, so it's, it's effectively, you know, two episodes yeah, in Two one. episodes, yep. It's very long and it's very stretched out. The other issue I've got is that I think the use of the eidetic memory is really poorly explained and utilised mm. in this. In this situation, he looks at something and all of a sudden he can he can fit things together like it's a puzzle. So he looks mm-hmm. at something and all of a sudden he's like zooming in like CSI would do yep. and like and using it later. And it's like, well, what has he got? Has he got an eidetic memory that he can just remember stuff or is he actually just super, super smart and genius? Because some of the stuff he actually sees and utilizes is not something that you need an eidetic memory for. Like his whole thing about he overhears uh, a, a, a cop on the phone talking to their grandmother. He then sees a, a person, a, another cop pretending to, to or practice dance moves. And he uses that at the right situation. I could have done that. I don't have an eidetic memory, but I could be like, oh yeah, that guy, this is a situation I can get myself out of. Yeah, so the eidetic the eidetic memory is one element. I think what you're talking about there, he seems to have a really um, strong power of perception. He's very perceptive, and and the way that the the camera, I suppose, illustrates that is it kind of force feeds it to the audience when he zooms in on on a particular aspect, like it's some blood on a table or um, you know a conversation. It zooms in, and if it's a physical object or some a space on the screen, it actually highlights and 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 steps out of you, and it tells the audience right away this is going to be important. Remember this later on, and then two or three minutes later, he has a conversation and he. he he pieces it all together and he, he drops it out and pretends that he's a, a psychic. Um, one of the things I found a little bit frustrating with it, or I found um, a little, that was a bit off-putting for me, I suppose, was the fact that the whole thing's based on this big deception. And I've already, I'm already a, a person who doesn't believe in psychics, and uh, I, I think that a lot there's a lot of charlatans and a lot of people grifting and trying to make money out of out of this situation. And the fact that this lead character is kind of 
one of these people who's figured out a way like early in the episode he talks about um we can make like twelve hundred dollars a day like charging our services out as a private detective agency for what is effectively you know a scam i I found that really that really annoying what i found annoying really is that you don't need to be a psychic why are you why can't you just be a private detective who's good at their bloody job i don't see the i don't see the whole psychic as being relevant except for that very first scene where he pretends to be a psychic to get out of trouble yes. like, couldn't, couldn't he have just done that and said i'm really good at shit and i just solve puzzles I'm, I'm just like, I, I feel like i'm sherlock i've read a lot of sherlock holmes i feel like i'm good at solving puzzles mm. this is what i found evidence by you know she did this he did this he did this look for the i noticed that there was some glass in it he brushed it off into his shoe yeah. i saw that i yeah. it just it doesn't seem very logical to go well i'm going to be a charlatan in a, in a psychic Mm. when there's no need to do it but well and but i think it's, it's also reason. it's also really unearned like mm. what we see in the opening stages is his dad who's a police officer making him work work on his identity memory so he's how mm. many hats and what's what's going on if if they had to if he had to draw a conclusion from all that okay so now you've seen that tell me tell me who stole the piece of fruit from the counter or whatever, based on what yep. you've seen, at least that feels earned. Like he's been doing that for years and he's solving puzzles mm. constantly. What that tells me is he's got a good memory. It's the next, the next jump to, and now I'm a genius and now I can mm. solve puzzles based on just things I've seen. It's yep. unearned. And that, mm. that's frustrating because I actually want to see the character mm. and the character has to be likable. Right, like yeah. I feel like this was a trend around this time. This is around the time we also had House, and we yep. had Monk. Now you know Monk's got a, a bunch of ticks, and whether you like that or not, where that becomes grating. And then you've got someone like House, who's clearly not a nice person, mm-hmm. but he's he's um, revered for his intelligence. So we had a whole bunch of unlikable leads who were really smart. That seems to be the thing that we were doing in 2000. I don't, I don't think they were going for unlikable, though. I think they were going for uh, goofy and um, kind of sarcastic. I don't mm. think they were going for unlikable and mean. Like, House is very unlikable and mean on purpose. He's not trying to be a good guy. But I think this guy is generally just, that's just the way he is and he's trying to be. I, I don't think they're going for, for a negative reaction here. I think you're meant to connect with him and meant to find him funny. Well, well, he's not he's not funny. And I think if you, you want to make him funny, use these powers to make him, him funny. That doesn't happen. But we also seem like picking up women and they're trying to make him a bit of a ladies' man and, yeah. Mm. They do make him a ladies' man and I note that the whole idea to become a psychic was... You know, exposed to us in the in the first part of the pilot, where he's in the um, where he's in the police house waiting to talk to the detectives about the crime he's about to solve, and uh, he overhears um, a police officer talking on the phone about you know getting a psychic reading. And I think it's also worth pointing out this show came out in two thousand and six, and not too long before that, or around about that time, yet yeah, there was the big craze with you know that. Do you remember that? John Edward guy, like the, the yeah. psychic, the spiritual medium yeah. did readings and things like that. That was a, a really popular thing at the time. So I feel like this show was just going, okay, let's make a procedural cop drama. Let's put a twist on it. What about this guy's really perceptive and eidetic memory? Oh, wait, let's make him a, a, a psychic. Yeah, that's the vogue at the moment and we'll have him solve crimes and, and go around being a psychic. I wonder if like the eidetic memory section of it was too similar to Sherlock Holmes. So they needed mm. a, a different version of that. Yeah, but maybe. This before, but this is before all the Sherlock Holmes TV shows came out. So mm. it was before the, the Bandit coming batch, and it was before Elementary. So mm. you would have thought that this this could have been the fresh take on a modern day Sherlock Holmes without calling him Sherlock Holmes, of course. But I, I just wonder if this they went, oh, it's too similar to all the other you know Sherlock Holmes movies and shows mm. and books. I wonder if we're going to take a, a fresh approach to it. I just I just didn't understand why they went that way. Yeah, and I, I want to poke Shannon now because I'm going to say like I didn't mind it, yeah, you know, that much. Like I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say it's a great show. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's it's you know it's a it's the best show or anything like that. But um, you know the the things that annoyed you about it, I you know didn't didn't particularly mind too much. Um, it was. It, it, it had a few, you know, jokes. I thought um, I really like Dooley Hill. I think he's a, a, a cool actor. Um, I thought he did a, a reasonable job. Did Did you buy that relationship? I did. I was going to say the same thing. I, did, I didn't buy that they were friends for a long time. Yeah. Look, I think I didn't feel that chemistry. Yeah, I think Dooley Hill did a really good job of portraying like the anxiety and like the resistance of his character to get into this whole, you know, faking being a psychic. He came across as a guy who was really uncomfortable with with that decision and that that going down that road. Um, do they look like best friends forever? You know, 
not particularly, but it's also the first episode. They're still trying to get their, their chemistry and, and, and things together. So I, I would expect that to kind of flesh out a little bit and get a bit bit, bit, bit better. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think I think that chemistry's wrong and whether it, that, that character needs a bit, he's just a whiner. The the, mm. the 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 Gus character like he just he's constantly kind of the wet blanket and, and I don't when there's only a twosome like when there only there's two of them it kind of just grates when when he's unlikable and he's just a whiner I just tuned out for most of their scenes to be honest do you know who he kind of reminded me of um do you remember in like scooby doo you had shaggy being like a complete coward and always riddled with anxiety he kind of gave me a bit of a shaggy sort of vibe you know in one episode one scene you see him um popping anxiety pills trying to yeah. you know cope I mean, with the anxiety issue that's going on maybe that's how you fix it you put psych together with a dog is that <laughs> like a high dog is that how you do it <laughs> well, I, also think the police, I also think the police detectives weren't overly convincing like she was obviously a skeptical person who very much like x-files was kind of a skeptic from the outside but by the end of the episode she was starting to believe a little bit and then you had the the one you know straight cop who was who was not believing him at all and couldn't understand how he was figuring all this out. Hmm. And I think, I think that's, that's obviously leading to a few hijinks in the, in the road where he's going to get caught or is he not going to get caught? Is, is he going to find yeah. evidence really faking it? All that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's setting it up early and it's doing a reasonable job, but I mean, I didn't have a bad time with this. I, I thought it was, it was okay. I, I'm not going to rush and watch the second episode, but <laughs> I, I, if it came on, I might, I might leave it on. You know? Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of like background TV. If you've, Turn the TV on, and you're looking for something to to have on in the background, and maybe sort of cursory follow and, and pay attention to. Um, it, it it would be perfectly fine. It's kind of it's daytime TV, is how I would describe it. What do you think about I that just, description? I just want it to be smarter. I think mm. I think if you're saying to him he's got an eidetic memory, and you don't use that convention well enough, you mm-hmm. you, you need to if. If what you're doing is setting apart this from any other police procedure, which is what they're trying, no other police yep. procedure has a guy pretending to be a psychic who is actually just good at puzzles and he's, <laughs> and he's has an eidetic memory. So I want that element to be smarter. I think I want my police procedurals to be kind of a whodunit. And in the end, I don't think anyone was watching that show going, oh, I wonder if was that guy or was that... Like in Law and Order, when you watch it, you're watching the show going, oh, it could be that guy or it actually could be her. And mm. I got lost in the who's doing what. Like he's dating someone and there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on. I just think yeah, that's for, true. for a pilot episode, the actual crime is really fucking weak. But yeah. I also think that the way that it was it was figured out was really weak as well because he didn't use his identic memory to figure out the solution in the end. The guy pointing out that there was blood on his on the dog's mouth Hmm. was kind of the key evidence that they missed. Well, and and Gus, Gus then found... Gus kind of figured it out. Edison, and yeah, got, like, Gus, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. I think, you know, it needs to be... I've read... Like, if you compare that to Suits, where you've got another eidetic memory, where he's read every book, you know, on law. Like, he's he's yeah. memorised law, so he he's able to pull bits and pieces. If this guy is the same premise, I've read a lot of law books, and I understand, and I've read a lot of this, and this is the same as that, Shakespeare play us like this this has to be some interesting element around it I just don't think the crime got me hooked you want an interesting crime particularly for your pilot episode where it's solved via the use of his eidetic memory and not Gus kind of putting stuff together and it just was really weak I feel like this is the same problem as Supernatural had is they yeah. they what they wanted to have you a general direction and they wanted to give you the basics but the overall arching um, the story didn't hook you in the characters might have, like in Supernatural might have, but I think the characters weren't strong enough as Supernatural was. Supernatural had really strong characters leading you forward, and these are the people they're going to be all the way through. Where mm. Psych, I, I feel like Episode 2 could change their personalities completely, and that, and you're not going to really notice that much. Yeah, look, and I'm... I think that, you know, maybe we're expecting this show to be a bit more serious than it's intended to be. Like we said, you know, he's a bit of a playboy type character and he, you know, a bit of a ladies man type type dude and pretty laissez-faire and it's a bit of a way to scam a couple of bucks and keep living his life without having any um, real responsibility because he doesn't have a job and he's sort of shown to be a bit of a bit of a stuff up like that. Um, you know, is, are, we, are we trying to be too serious and, well, and what well, too much the in the show? Is, is the show trying to be too serious? Because it wasn't funny. I didn't get any laughs out of it. So if you're trying to be funny, 
then don't give me a don't give me a half baked procedural. Give me comedy. Yeah, like I, I, think... I can I can accept that police squad gave hmm. me barely like the the bare basis <laughs> of a crime. I can I can I can accept that. I cannot accept that this is what they're calling a procedural, and yeah. you don't give me either comedy. Like it's not Brooklyn Nine Nine. You know, no. either give me Brooklyn Nine Nine or give me a procedural. Don't half bake it. Half yeah, one. look and. I- I think that's what they've done. I think it is meant to be a comedy. I think, you know, especially like Gus's anxiety and things is supposed to be amusing. Um, and the fact that the cat, the, that Sean is a bit of a ladies man is a bit of a doofus and, and just inventing stuff on the fly is supposed to be um, funny. And who knows, maybe it gets funnier later on, but the, the pilot episode wasn't very funny. I, I also want to go back to a point you raised earlier on about the episode being too long. I agree with you 100% there. I feel like the crime should, the show should have wrapped up once they sort of solved the, the, the crime and the murder at the house. And, you know, they should have sort of finished with him using his identity memory to uh, observe what had happened in the room and then piece together the order of events and then spit it all out on the, on the, on the spot um, as like the definitive outline of, of what's happened. Everything after that part of the show, I think was pretty much worthless. They didn't really need to have it there um, or it could have been incorporated earlier in the, in the show. So it was twice as long as it actually needed to be. I think I think there's a place on TV for kind of a super crime solver. You know, I, I often think about, and I'll lose half of our audience or three quarters of our audience here, but I'm thinking about the um, the detective elements from the Arkham games, the Batman mm-hmm. Arkham games, where he can kind of, you know, walk his way through a crime scene and pick out bits and pieces. I kind of want that as an eidetic memory, where he walks through an area, can immediately kind of scan and think about the things in context mm-hmm. and then work backwards and remember the, and pull those those elements out from people that are talking. Well, that can't possibly be true because that was like, I want to see more of that than just a couple of really obvious things that anyone could pick out and go, well, I could have seen that. I don't think he does anything special that you, me or Jake couldn't have done. Are you wanting to see house solve crimes? I I want to see house as a police officer. Yeah. But at least house fucks up a bit. You know what I mean? Like house at least looks at it goes, well, it's probably lupus. I can give you the tip. It's not lupus. I think it was Lupin twice. I think it was Lupin twice. I don't Um, know. I I just want to say, but the the thing is, I think the conflict is they're trying to make is him being an outsider trying to help the police. And what you want is a police officer who's already in the police solving all these Mm. crimes. No, I'm okay with that conflict being outside. I'm I'm okay with that. It does does great on you if you think about the things he gets away with. And that's that's Mm. the problem you've got. When you look at when you look at it from a realist perspective, like he he robs a thrift store, right? He genuinely just steals stuff. He's not a police officer. He can't walk in and steal stuff from a thrift shop without paying. I, for it. I hated that bag. That bag stuff where you just looked at the bag and go, well, that that kind of looks like it have a lot of money in it. Yeah, it was like something was in there. That's all I saw. But that's not eidetic memory. That is observation. Yeah. Are we saying he's got an eidetic memory or or the power of observation? Because I got to tell you, the power of observation is not a superpower. It is not a that is a genuine just detective walking and going. I reckon that's got that bag's got cash in it. I, I think they do the, that. Now, what they're trying to do though, Sean, I think because the the dad was a police detective or a police captain. They're trying to incorporate both. So he's not only is he being teached in in the detective way Toilet. by his dad, he's, he's also been instructed. Yes, yeah, he's instructed. He's also got an eidetic memory. So they're trying to combine the two, I think. And I don't think they did a very good job they of that. They don't earn that. They earn the eidetic memory from the flashbacks. That's what you get. How yeah. many hats are in? Oh well, a bean doesn't count as yeah, a hat. I, right. I agree, but I think because he was a police captain, that's implied. Well, yeah, and, and you kind of get the sense that his pathway was going to be following his father's footsteps and solving crimes, and that's what his dad was always training him to do. And you see that the conversation he has with his dad, where he's where he finds out, where the father finds out what the son's going to be doing, and he's really disappointed with his son. He says, oh, "I hate you know um, psychics and private detectives, and you've gone and you know done both of them." You know, and he's really upset about it. So I think they're setting up that relationship up to have a lot of tension and 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 be a propeller of the story going forward. Yeah, I just didn't care about any of that. I, I, I genuinely didn't care. It, it wasn't it wasn't earned to me at all, um, and I had no sympathy for these these characters whatsoever. They could have they could have hooked me with a good crime, you know. Like I think back to some of the CSI episodes, all of those start with kind of unusual circumstances, right? Like, yep. you know, there's no bullet, even though there should be. Oh, the bullet was made of meat. Sure, I'm down. Like whatever, you know. They, I, I, that is an episode. That is a genuine episode of CSI. I remember they had a they had a meat bullet. Um, and it disintegrated in the body. Amazing stuff. But but you but that that hook, you know, in the first two or three minutes of CSI, you get a hook because it's like, well, how would the body end up in the tree? Wow! 
wow, wow, wow. Like I'm in, I'm straight away there. It's the same with house. Like, you know, dude's teeth, all of a sudden his nose bleeds, his head explodes. Yeah. It's, it's a bit funny that we, we say, oh, you know, a kidnapping is just a boring crime now. <laughs> I think it's a it, boring it's the crime. the way it was done. Like, yeah, but like, I, I, I agree. They should probably come in with a, a ridiculous murder that they can't solve. Yeah. And then he walks in and goes, by the way, I've got a, I've got a solution for you. Or something like that. But I just, I just yeah, I agree with you on that the, one. The, and the way he actually got in, indoctrinated into the police, it, like put them in the police station, was he mm. kept calling tips. Why is he doing that? What's What value does he get? To, to prove he's smarter than everyone else. Yeah, he's, 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 he's arrogant. But, but that's isn't that really lame? Like, <laughs> like make him a criminal. It's, bad, it's probably bad writing. It, make him well, a criminal that gets that's the only way he can get out of it is helping. Like, I don't care what you do with it. Just make it better than I've been ringing in tips about. And and let's. Oh, sorry, I've got to go back to this. The way he proves the case that we see right is he rings up and says that, that store guy's nervous. He, he did it. <laughs> What? He's nervous because he's on national TV talking about a robbery that just took place. That is not evidence. What are you talking about, TV show? It's like a, it's like a, you know, a online social media um, investigative mob, isn't it? They're just sitting there like crowdsourcing um, crime solutions. You know, oh, it was, it was the guy because he looks nervous on TV, or it looks, looks like he's a shifty character. Like I look on. nervous on TV. Like I'm not comfortable standing with the news crew after just being robbed, and if some. <laughs> Random jackass rung. I'm like, that guy's nervous on TV. I reckon that's him. And they believe him and they <laughs> act upon my stupid tip. Yeah. Yeah. You, you find yourself. I'd be furious. I'd be furious. <laughs> and I would I believe sue that police department. I believe it is New York. Uh, I'm not sure that this isn't New York, but it's New York police departments to follow up every single tip they get, at least look into it. That, that so, cannot possibly be true. I'm going to have to call bullshit on that because there is no I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not saying that's 100% accurate, but it's what I hear. Have you seen line. that in a TV show? It's like that 10% of your brain probably. thing that everyone yeah. keeps saying is true. But is yeah, probably. Yeah. People, are saying, people are saying. <laughs> okay, everyone at home, try this right now. Ring New York <laughs> and make a tip and, see, and let us know. Tell do us not right do this. Do uh, not do this, people. I, I think on behalf of everyone on Harley TV history. I heard, of, I heard on the Harley TV history, and they go, come back on our door. Did you say this? I can't. Oh, someone get a phone call from United There's no way that's true. I, I don't. I'm not, answering, I'm not answering a phone call if it's from the United States, okay? I'm not answering the phone. I'm okay. Look, we're, you know, they've got enough problems over there. Um, Please, so, I... I do not want to wind up on a no-fly list. Okay, yeah. do not, do you not are, do this. I like going to America. You're not going anywhere in five years. Come on, let's face it. Right. No. Oh, let's, controversial. Let's let's move on to to the next show. Yeah. And let's suits. Talk suits. Mm. All right. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this for I, I probably shouldn't talk much in this first episode because I I like suits a lot. It's one of my it's not mm. one of my, it's not my favorite. I, I just really like suits. Mm. Uh, there's something about the show that I really like. I'm gonna put that right up the top. But the the very brief description of of suits is the same premise. It's a, it's a man with an identical memory named Mike Ross. Uh, he gets mixed up in the drug game and somehow ends up with an interview with a high powered New York attorney named Harvey Specter. And he basically bluffs his way into becoming a lawyer. And there's a lot more to that. But that's the very basic description that a guy with an identical memory works for one of the most powerful uh, law uh, law. Lawyers, law firms, office. yeah, law firms. Law firm. firm was the word I was looking for. Yeah, uh, law firm in in the, in the in New York, and basically it's 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 how he whittles his way in to get in on a big case and solves the case. Yeah, right. I, look, I, I think that's that's accurate. Well, I'm done. trying to keep it super super basic without me rambling from now on. Let's let's hmm. start with the name, shall we? The suits My is brother. a garbage name for a legal. I, I kind of agree with you on that one, Shan. It's, it doesn't give you nothing what? about the channel. If I'm flicking through Netflix queue and it says suits, I think it's about tailors. <laughs> what, what do we care? What they like? It's just dumb. You might as what well just you... overalls. It, like, I, what? Are, what are you doing? Sorry, I'm fired up today. I don't know what's... Yeah, what else are you going to call it? Like Magical Mike and his mystery mind? Well, like I think they stole Magic Mike was the first name, and I think that got taken <laughs> by something else in time. <laughs> seriously, I, it's it's a bad name. Are we? Are, can we at least agree it, on it's that? A bad, it's a bad name. It has nothing to do with... Well, it has, I mean, it has something to do with suits. But well, I think uh, I think the suits motif is pretty clear through the whole show. Everyone is very sharply dressed. They are sharply dressed. Every single character <laughs> is impeccably... <laughs> Outfitted in this in this show, but that's not that's not the driver behind it. Like, 
that that's not that's not why you're there. Yeah, it's immediately evocative. Are you telling me that the second you say don't you say the word suits, you don't think of like sharply dressed people just like Harvey Specter? I don't think of lawyers though. I think of like yeah, but, I think, or whatever. But, but Harvey's but, image is most important more than kind of his. correct. And I think the name suits evokes the importance of image and brand and, and persona that that you know is so important to the, the characters. I think it's a fitting name. I, I've digressed, but yeah. I continue. <laughs> So this show is very, very similar. I mean, Mike's a bit more of an average Joe and kind of down in his luck and he's got, he's, he's got mixed up with his best friend's drug trade. And mm. basically he gets, he gets lured into to selling drugs to pay for his grandmother because Mike lost both of his parents and his grandmother looks after him and she's in a home. Mm. So this has got a bit more of a human side story. Obviously, they're going for a very different tone to what Psych is. This is more of a, a serious show with a hint of, or with a hint of sass and humour compared to Psych, where I think they were aiming for the more just straight-out comedy. Now, full disclosure on this one, I, I've seen quite a bit of Suits. I, I watched it for a little while and then completely gave it up and, and moved on. Rewatching this, this is a corking first episode, in, in my, my opinion. This is a cracking first episode, and it actually absolutely sets up the, the series. Um, it's too long. Again, it's it's an hour and 20, 20 minutes. This- this this episode, if you look read the episode title, it's the pilot part one and part two. It's so this would have been shown, would have been shown over two two episodes. No, it would have been it would have been the it would have aired as one episode, and it's yeah. just but it's part one and part two. So get, yeah. And, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an hour and forty something minutes. Normally. Hour and thirty minutes, um, and then you got an hour and hour and twelve, I think, was soft. I can't help but wonder if maybe it was uh, envisioned and written as if it was going to be two separate episodes, but then they've made yeah. the decision to mash it together because if you cut it right in half, um, I think you would find that you get the intro to Mike and that maybe it's Harvey and he gets the job in the law firm and then basically it's time out. They don't actually get to solve a case. And the second episode yeah. or the second half of the show is really uh, the case and it goes into that procedural format that we're going to see going forward into Suits, um, you know, where, where Mike gets briefed on a case, effectively wings his way into it and um, uses his incredible skills, uh, including, I think, the thing that annoys me about this show is the speed reading. Um, they seem to flick open a, a, a Manila folder, scan the front page, and instantly that everything that's happening in the case uh, in, in, yeah, in I think incredible most detail. Shows do that. Most shows yeah. do that. I, yeah, I, I do it it It's the it's the uh, turning on the TV and getting what you need straight away. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to go back to the characters though, because we seem to get kidding characters first of all. I think the relationship mm. between Harvey and Mike is is a perfect perfect representation of a of a new character introducing to each other in this episode yeah and talk about actors that come in like i've never heard of either of these leads gabriel and i'm gonna butcher his name here but gabriel match matched i thought it was someone, i think i thought marked, it was machette marked i'm gonna go with, I, think I think i like christian's better marked. it looks like someone's tried to spell match and was dyslexic but that's what it looks <laughs> like and <laughs> and um you've got patrick j adams as mike ross Gabriel Matt matched Mark is brilliant. I'm pretty sure it's Machette. Uh, Machette. I'm pretty I, sure it I, is. I'm going to go with Marked because I think it's it's okay. German and sure. I like it. Um, sure. It reminds me of a razor. Uh, if and- we've got it wrong, Gabriel, please feel free to write in, tweet us, let us know what how to actually pronounce your name. We're very sorry if we've made a mistake. We we intentionally did not do it. You're really good in this. Like he is actually really good. He's he's yep. heart sleeves, heart confidence. He he's. He's ballsy, he's brassy, he's arrogant, and that's kind of what you expect out of a high-flying lawyer. But mm. the juxtaposition between him and Lit, Lewis Litt, is mm. because yep. he's also a sleazy, slimy lawyer who's <laughs> incredibly unlikable. And so mm. they're not that different between the two of them, but one of them's really handsome and therefore you're, you're happy to listen to him and the other guy's kind of looks like a rat. Like, honestly, <laughs> I think it's just a beautiful piece of casting and, and Lewis Litt is kind of this, there's a, there's an evil shade to him that, that, um, that Harvey doesn't have. Yeah. And there's a ruthlessness with, with Lewis as well. And, yeah. a, and a, and a singular focus on almost like process and system. Whereas Harvey is just so, um, winging it like it's, it's kind of how i think of it he's just blasé and he's very confident overconfident wandering into the scenario and the interesting thing is confidence carries him through and he can bluff his way out of just about anything and we see that actually happen a couple of times through the through the first episode i love the rivalry between harvey and and lewis i love the relationship between lewis harvey and um 
Jessica okay. Pearson, the, the the boss, played by Gina Torres, who's a, a, another actor who is really well accomplished. She does a phenomenal job in this show. I think all of the actors are actually really good. I can't think of anyone who didn't do a very good job. Like Donna was sensational. Um, right. Yeah. Mike was really Gosh, good. Yeah. Mike's best friend came across as like a as a bit of a weirdo loser type guy, really really well. You know, self absorbed. Really really good. The show, the show seemed polished, and mm. they've thought about each the, each individual character and what they can bring to the to the table and i think the relationships grow very very quickly and they're very believable i think that's that's the that's the big difference between this one and psych where this one you actually believe that you know trevor and mike have been friends for years and yeah and you you feel that and you feel the 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 tension between lewis and harvey and and the the bond between jessica and and harvey as well so i think they just they've really thought about what they want to do and what they want to achieve out of the pilot episode it, mm. it still struggles from that issue of just because someone can remember a lot of stuff doesn't make them a genius right and mm. and, and it struggles a bit a bit of that too it, it's he, he works out the fact that he's about to be busted for, for smuggling those drugs not because he can remember everything but because he's observant and and it, i i don't like the mashing of that like they kind of try to do that a little bit i read a book in, in elementary school, and I remember that was the same kind of thing. And so, yeah, he's really smart, but he's also got an eidectic memory, and so that kind of works in hand in hand. But they've still conf- conflated that issue with him just being super-duper mm. smart and also eidectic. One interesting difference between Mike and Sean in the other show, though, is that Mike actually doesn't really know how to do what he does in practice. He doesn't know how to fill out subpoenas. He doesn't know how to do you know, paperwork, the, the procedural stuff for the court. Um, and whereas Sean can just kind of hand wave it away by you know, being a psychic and magicking um, you know, solutions out of thin air by his power of observation, Mike as a character is flawed in that he has to go and ask people for help because he doesn't know things. He has to ask Rachel for help, has to ask Harvey, Donna. Because he hasn't been to law school. He hasn't Correct. been shown how to do these things. He's, yep. he, know, he knows the law. He knows what you can read on a, on a piece of paper, but he has no practical life skills. Which is mm. the best thing they did. That's the smartest Correct. thing they did in this show was yep. to not give him the superpower of getting of hand-waving. Yes. Um, he, he can't just get out of with overacting, which is what the guy in, suit, in Psych did, just overacted and, and therefore, oh, we'll just assume he's a psychic. Um, he, he is going to fall down because, yeah, you, could, you can remember a lot of stuff, but that doesn't give you practical on-world advice in terms of how to do the stuff that you're being trained to do. So, yeah, it doesn't just kind of hand wave. No one needs to go to uni if you're really smart and have got to and can remember everything. And you can bullshit really well, yeah. Which and that doctor either. Like he can't, <laughs> well, you couldn't have him as a doctor. This doesn't work in a medical profession because it's like, now cut that dude open. And he's like, I can't actually do that. I know how to based on practice, on principle yeah. and the, yeah. the general understanding of how to do it, but I've never actually done it myself. It's, it's, yeah. it's that thing I always say is like, well, I could be a doctor. I've watched all of House. Um, it doesn't work like that. No. I don't think I could be a doctor. And and that's that decision to make him a flawed character shows that the level of skill in writing this show is much higher than that in, in Psych. It makes the character much more believable. You empathize with him because he might have this great ability and he's got a really great talent and, and skill. But you as a as a viewer are always going to be rooting for the underdog and somebody who's who's flawed. We love flawed characters and seeing them overcome their 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 flaws. And so Mike is immediately um, personable to us and we're really in- interested in getting invested in his journey. The addition of his grandmother as a plot device is really, really clever. Um, she's she's played by, I don't know the name of the, of the actress, but she does a very good job. She comes across as very heartwarming and sweet. And you can tell Mike's got a lot of affection for her and he's very dedicated to making sure that she's kept very comfortable. All these things add up to Mike being a really likable, enjoyable character that you immediately latch onto and want to follow. I, I really like also the way that Mike was introduced to Harvey. Like it was mm. a completely coincidental meeting that, yes, you know, and, and he acted like a normal human being would in that situation. And he mm. was lucky that he got, he got let in. And, but the way he proved that he could outsmart Harvey based on his eidetic memory, I think that was a really clever way of showing how clever he is without kind of, yeah, it, it, without, was, earned. Like, it, was, it was earned. Yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't just like pull stuff together from being smart. Like he actually genuinely used his memory of that stuff. To, to best a guy who's the top of his of tree at doing this. Now, no one in that waiting room could do that because no one works like that. Like, unless you've got an eidectic memory, you can't just pull, you know, and I, I always say this, and I'm, I'm so far removed from a lawyer, it's not funny, but I have worked in law enforcement and worked with legislation. And the whole thing that 
it's not about being a, it's not a memory test when you sit down and do this stuff it's about knowing where to look and how to interpret once you've found the information and that's what most lawyers do if you ask the lawyer a lawyer to quote everything they learned back in law school they're not going to be able to do that they know how to find it and research and and draw and then pull an inference from that he can actually do all that out of the box but he doesn't yeah. have the rest of the stuff and he doesn't have harvey's confidence Harvey's ability to, to smooth and bullshit. And that's why they make a good, a good team. And that's, that relationship is such a beautiful symbiotic relationship. And he, Harvey knows it as soon as he sees it. Yeah. And, and it's also, Mike doesn't know, know what to do when things go wrong. He doesn't have that human element, the, the human connection that Harvey has. He, Harvey can read a person. He, can, he has the ability to read a person and know how to react in that situation. Like with the, with the judge, how he kind of turned it around and said, you know, I, I used your information, but I gave it the Harvey Specter twist, and that made it his argument work in that situation, with, with with confusing the judge and making the judge think about his his bailiff kind of thing. Yeah, of course, and that relationship is actually a really great example on screen portrayal of the, of the mentoring relationship that that people have as they you know become um, more senior in their roles in their profession and they start going down like a leadership sort of track. They tend to you know pick up mentors, and there's all sorts of mentoring programs. And we see um, Mike become uh, being mentored by Harvey. Harvey is getting mentored by Jessica Pearson, and we even see a scene in the first episode where Jessica is actually talking to I guess who was the previous boss who she came up under, um, and they're uh, still catching up and and discussing with you know. The, the the situation that they're in and he's giving his two cents worth so it's, i think it's one of the few illustrations of that mentoring relationship being shown in um, popular media which i thought was really really cool there's there's one part that that does great on me a bit and i think it's slightly unearned it's it's where it's where mike pulls the power play over harvey so he mm. really quickly yeah. that he's so he's gone and then he goes well i could go and tell them right now that <laughs> you lied and and you were going to hire me anyway Mm. And you did hire me, and now, and you know, you know, I'm a fraud, right? Now, at that stage, Harvey could straight out plausibly deny me and say, "I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, like, yeah. I had no idea what the hell you're talking about." And and who are they going to believe? A guy who's been there a day, or the guy who's based, who's a, who's a managing partner, a, a prospective managing partner? I, I just think that power play because you don't see Mike sort of unabashed confidence, even when he's got a chance to be really super confident. He straight up just says, well, I've been chased by the cops. I don't need a place to hide. Like that could have been his opportunity to just balls to the wall lie. Um, but the, the believable part of that is, is when Harvey goes and makes that power play over Jessica. I believe that as, mm. as the power play. And, and I just felt that Mike's element of that was really unearned. What I do love is you get Jessica turned to the camera and, and give a little smile to the audience basically that says Harvey's, like he's right to pull this power play and I'm I'm kind of impressed and proud that he's done it. And doesn't that actually show you the it's a great illustration of the world they live in. They're playing in this big league high stakes game where you've got to be hard and you've got to be tough and and Lewis Litt talks about them, you know, being you know killers and and they they fight really really um, fiercely for their clients and you've got to be the best of the best to be here or you you've got to go. So it's really hard nosed and tough. And Jessica is wanting to make sure that Harvey can actually do that before he takes over the reins of the show uh, or the or the um the the law firm. So I think that 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 blackmail extortion power play that arm twisting that's that's a constant that's going to be a constant theme going forward and they're gonna they play hard for big rewards and, and i was okay with it i just felt like it was unearned like mike didn't yeah. it didn't have the, the the credits in the bank or showing the audience that he's got the balls to be able to do that but that's what he's doing he's showing he's got the balls he's just he's, he's got his back to the wall got no other choice well i'll hail mary give it a crack see how it goes and he's not as effective as harvey is harvey is very powerful in his um, his extortion, I suppose. <laughs> what I you feel like they could, have, they could have earned that just by, with, a, with a really quick change rather than him being straight up and just say, I'm being chased by the cops. I know that's why Donna thinks that's really clever. Um, mm -hmm. And she's like, obviously he's lying, you know, get him in there. But I think if he lied at that point, showed massive balls at that stage and basically lied to get himself in, I think I would have, as a character gone here and, that that's no, I think I think it shows that Harvey's looking for someone outside the box, and I think that's that's the reason why he got through. If he came somewhere with some big spiel that he noticed that Harvard were introducing, I don't think he would have gone in the room. Would have just been I a think, really off the cuff lie. Would have been really smart to get him into that room to show he's got massive balls in front of everything. Yeah. I, I just I would have liked like him to earn that the the, the ballsiness of that power play because it comes out of nowhere a little bit where he's just like, oh, I'm just going to pull this 
power play crap over Harvey. But it also shows that Harvey doesn't give two shits and will fight him right back and puts him in his place right away. So you, you kind of understand that relationship a little bit more that Harvey's always going to have the, the final I just, word. I think Harvey's a pragmatist and I love that about that character. He's like, well, I'm fucked. I've got to work out some way to get around this. Like he, he just straight away goes, well, I'm stuffed. Now I know what, now I've got to do what I've got to do. And he, he then marches in and, and pulls his own power play. I love that dichotomy of all those three together. I just wish Mike's arm was slightly more than what it was. Yeah, I, I do like the 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 show of powerful women in this show. Mm. I think that all, all the all the, the main female cast, other than probably Meghan Markle, it really shows that like Donna's Donna is a powerful, you know, one of the most powerful assistants in the all of New York when it comes down to it. And Jessica Pearson ha- has an amazing reputation as well as a fierce, ridiculously good lawyer. Yeah, um, I, and I could have I, done I, I, the Meghan Markle character altogether. I, and I don't know whether I'm now just biased because you know I. Ugh, Meghan Markle, but it's just over oversaturation of media. Yeah, but, but she's also very. She's also showed that she's the best paralegal. She has her own office. You know, she shows that you know she's. You don't have to be a lawyer to be to make a an in, yeah, uh, impression. I, I feel in like it's a little transparent. Like it's this, you know, stop ogling me. I'm I'm so hot. I just I that whole thing didn't. Why does he need a love interest that early? I just there's a whole bunch of that stuff. I'm like, just can he just be, like, give me one issue at a time. He, he's. He's a dude who's faking his way through. He doesn't need a love interest at the same time, and it's clearly set up for that. And yes, yeah, she rejects him, and then there's a big. Oh, uh, I just that whole character I could do without. I don't think it harms. But I just, you you I, don't see that in the first episode, though. You see her reject him. So let's not project our knowledge of the show no, no, going but, forward for but, the audience. Then, then they bond, and they're all. He Harvey comes in and says, "You're going to go play footsies. I need you to do this work." Like it's clearly mm. said, and I'm not. I've seen a lot of shows. I, it's clearly set up that they're going to have have some sort of romantic entanglement. Like everything, everything is yep. important that way. And she spends the whole first thing telling her how, how hot she is and how he shouldn't try to <laughs> hook up with her. And I'm like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, no, I think that's, that's a good, uh, good entry into what kind of character she's going to be. Uh, I don't think she's going to be the, the doe-eyed, you know, look how pretty he is. I think she's going to be kind of the strong character that he has to chase, which is a different kind of perspective. Uh, yeah, I didn't mind the. I love the Jessica character. I think she's great, and she is that absolute. To me, she's absolutely what a strong female lawyer. She knows she's in a male-dominated world. She's she's going to use all her while, but she is she takes no crap and and she talks and people listen. And I love that character. I love the way that she's doing it. Yep, she always is portrayed as very cool, calm, collected, in control. Um, they don't break, go down into any stereotypes where showing her get emotional or anything like that. So it's it's really she's a she's a uh, real tough, real effective she's leader, also attractive, and she kind of knows it, and she's happy to use that in in a way as well. I think they all are. Like Harvey and certainly is. Absolutely. Yeah, for, yeah. Like Except for Lewis, who doesn't. Um, Paul Lewis. I think that's, I think that's a point. I think that's yeah. that's really. Yeah, but also, yep. I mean, briefly on Lewis, I think as you mentioned earlier that he's got some some darkness to him, mm. and I think that that really is by the way he attacks Mike early in this in this episode. I think that really shows what kind of character he's going to be through the series. He's going to be that thorn in the side, the the person who wants to do the right thing or and will do anything to do the right thing if that makes sense. Like he, and, he will and, make and advance more, himself. And, and yeah, absolutely he will make sure that he will he will step on people's he will step on people's necks if he has to. Yeah, as long he as sells, it's, it's he sells Harvey out, and and even by extension, there Jessica, he sell he sells them both out. Effectively, his company out by going to to the guy that Harvey pulls the power play out of early on, and says, "I can basically help you with a bit of information. I know you lied, and that's like that's he's basically just doing anything to to get ahead." Yeah, but that's the rivalry between him and Harvey, and he's willing to play as hard as he needs to. They live in a they play in a very tough world. And information is power, and, and the way that Lewis sees things is he wants to remove Harvey as a rival. So they're willing to be—he's willing to be very ruthless to get that done. But you know how you know how in TV shows they always say, you know, I'm paying fifteen hundred dollars an hour for these lawyers. Yeah, you kind of understand why they would in this kind of show, but mm. you can see why you know the the, biz, the location, the suits, the way they talk, the confidence of them. You're not getting some public defender. You're getting the best of the best. And either Lewis or Harvey, you'd be happy with either one of these characters to be your lawyer, to 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 put to do anything to get you to get you um, off charge. 
Oh yeah, look, if if I was um, sitting on one side of a court uh, court case, I'd certainly want to make sure that Lewis or Harvey are on my side of the table and not on the uh, on the other side. That's for sure. And that's that they do a very good job of of portraying that that authority and that power, and um, you can certainly see why it is. And I, look, and I think I think it, it does a good enough job to show that Harvey's flawed as well. I think, and you can absolutely see there's going to be times where Lewis, you know, is is going. You need someone like Lewis, and sometimes you need someone like Harvey. And yep. and I think there's he's not just this wonderkin superhero who can do everything. And and neither is Mike. Like they set up enough where Mike is, yeah, he's he's gonna it's going to get him so far, but he's actually got to got to work with Harvey and work on the things that he's lacking. So it does enough to kind of say there's everyone's not not 100% of, of, the, of the, the whole puzzle. And I, I like that about that. Well, one thing I will say that's negative against this show is that you kind of feel like Mike not being where he's supposed to be and, and being a fraud and Lewis writing him is going to be one of those things that keeps popping up through nearly every episode. And he got it super early. I wish they kind of just let him ease into the transition and then in the next few episodes, they start grilling him about Harvard and, you know, who went to this class and all that stuff. They kind of, they threw him into the, into the conflicts really, really early with Lewis kind of doubting where he's come from. I, I just feel like that's going to be like one of those things that are going to be in every episode. And well, it can get I mean, very- that's, that's, that's the big question that overhangs this whole, this whole show, right? Like as an audience, I'm sitting there going, at some stage, the conflict is going to be Mike almost gets find, found out. Yeah, but I, I feel like considering they shot in the first episode, it's going to be one of those things that nearly every episode they're going to be someone's going to hint onto it, or they're going to defend. And I've seen it, so I'm not going to give anything away. But I feel like even present in this first episode, that that's the direction they're going to go. And I, I really, I really wouldn't want them to do that. An interesting thing that I wanted to bring up was. Um, do you feel like, I mean, let's accept that these shows have a different level of quality to them. Like, I think Suits is objectively like it's got a higher quality, higher production values, there's better actors, things like that. Um, but do you find like the whole plot being, uh, the whole plot between the two shows is actually very similar? You know, this this person with a unique skill set is faking their way through something um, and, you know, does a ridiculously good job of it. Like that. That, that that conceit is basically identical between the two shows. Yeah. Um, did you guys, you know, pick that up as well? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the, the stakes are higher in suits, and I think maybe mm. that's why we're more drawn to it. Because if Mike gets found out, there's a chain effect that ruins everything, right? Yep. At the end of Psych, he starts a detective agency. So the worst thing that's going to happen is he's lose clients, even though that his results are good. If everyone, like, if he, if he just cut the Psych. And said, yeah. "I'm a private detective who's really good at shit." He, the same, the same thing happens. The cops go, "Oh, actually, no, you were lying. You're not really a cop, but you've proven results, so we're going to keep using you, right?" Like, there's no, there's no high stakes for a guy who's pretending to be a psychic who's not. Mike, on the other hand, if he, if he gets found out, that's Harvey, that's Jessica, that's basically the whole firm out on the But it's also the clients. The clients, in every case that he touches, yeah. can be tarnished because of what he's doing. But I think the, the big the big difference or the big the big similarity is both the cases or both the 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 story for what they're trying to solve is kind of whatever. But I think the, what's what suits do like not whatever sorry like no you're, you're absolutely right because the base suits argument even and a criticism pretty much is that that and and you're you're absolutely right Jake that that case is really weak and you don't even actually they yada yada over the law the legal framework of it. Yep. Oh, they find something in a book and that sounds like an argument. Nah, run it. Like, you, again, you've set yourself up as a procedural, but you kind of yada yada the, the law. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm thinking of shows like Boston Legal where the actual points in the law and the legal arguments and the principles behind it actually become kind of central to the, the plot of the episode. Um, and they become about quite sensitive things. You know, they talk about things like the death penalty and freedom of speech and copyright law and all sorts of different things. In suits, like you say, it doesn't matter. But I think the difference between Suits and Psych is that you don't care really that the, the case is mm. weak because you're you're loving spending time with Mike and and Harvey and that their relationship growing is more more interesting than the Gus and Sean relationship that are growing. So you don't really care as much about the case. Like our big our big thing about the case in Psych was that it was weak, but we and we cared about that. But the the case in Suits is kind of weak as well. But because we're having such a good time with, with Harvey and Mike, you don't really mind the case is weak as much. 
and the and the result and the way they get there isn't isn't as I mean it might bug you, Shane. I'm not you're you're one stickler for, oh, for look the 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 legal yada yadaing is annoying because you watch it and go that's just not how shit works, guys. <laughs> and, and and as you keep as you keep working through suits, it gets worse and worse because there's so much yada yadaing over that stuff. It's like if any of you did this, you would all be disbarred and out. Like you're out immediately. Get out. Like there's just no way you can do that as a lawyer. So yeah, that that annoys me. But I think you're right. You are having fun with those characters, um, and some of those characters demand your attention as soon as they're on on screen. I, I can't remember a time that I've seen a single character like Harvey that he's just is absolutely magnetic, played perfectly, really witty, snappy dialogue, and 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 he is just commanding as a as a character and as an actor. That I, I had a great time watching watching him. I've forgotten how good he is. And having said that, you know, if he's the central character where we're actually actually supposed to be following Mike, Mike's a great foil. Yeah. Um, they've they've made him not, you know, he's not super duper handsome. He's not kind of, he's not particular athletic looking, but he's just a good solid kid who who, who has this kind of superpower that he's he's able to, to apply. I think what they did really smart with Mike as well is they kind of made him the the nerd, the geek who knows pop culture, who knows movies and TV shows. And I think they kind of make him more relatable to the people who are watching it. Like quoting, uh, I think he, he quoted The Godfather in one in the episode as well. Like that little playful banter that shows that Harvey's also a movie fan and they've got that pop culture link as well. It's not a huge link, but it also kind of makes him them more relatable to, to the everyman. Yeah, and they do that in a way that Psych doesn't. Psych is a self-contained world. They don't really reference things happening outside too much. Um, Suits feels like a lived in. They're living in our world. They're, they're they're down the road in New York City, and you could go there and hire their firm. Yeah, and what's really obvious, New York City. So you get a lot of shots of of New York City, Central Park. You know, yep. there's a whole bunch of stuff. And having been to New York, I was like, oh, I know where that is, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and so that was really, really cool. And it feels, does feel like a real lived in world. I have no idea where psych is set and it doesn't matter. Um, and so, I, you know, I just, I, I just think that that relationship that is, that you see in the first pile of that chemistry that those two characters have is, is, is um, going to, to carry you through the whole, the whole show. If one of those guys goes, the show is, is infinitely worse. And so, you know, if those, if those guys don't stay at that show for the full nine seasons or whatever it is, um, I, I just think it's a lesser it's a lesser show for it. Um, whereas he could have a best next best friend in in Psych tomorrow, and it wouldn't make a difference. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's true. Yep. And I, I just I, it, it is absolutely that that relationship driving. And that, I think, and that's it's, I think, I think it's a, it was a brilliant way of it was a brilliant pilot. I think it's very obvious where we're leaning on this one. I don't, I don't think it's too it's too uh, shocking to the masses that I think we're all probably going to recommend Suits as our follow up show. Yeah. Um, I, I just I think that it had such an impact in the first in the first moment. I mean, I think just just meeting Harvey and he just he just makes you he makes you want to watch the show. And I, I haven't I haven't seen a leading man take the role like he has um, for a very long time or ever since even really. Like I think I think of House who kind of demands your attention. I think of kind of Gil Grissom from CSI, but other than that, I mean, I can't really think of that many that really kind of knock your socks off. Hmm. I can certainly see why the show became so popular and uh, has uh, uh, it's gone for nine seasons, I think, so far. I'm not sure if it's going to keep going. Um, no, I'm pretty sure it's finished now. You think it's finished? Okay, yeah. Well, I'm I can certainly sure. see why it went for so long because it was... They, they, they did a season after Meghan Markle left and they kind of ended it after she left. And, and interestingly, though, having a look at the episode, so Gabriel marked... Is uh is in 134 episodes, uh, Mike Ross Patrick J Adams, um, is only in 111. So clearly he leaves at some stage, yes. um, in in that period, with, which with which the makes my because I would I think most people should stop watching after that, um, mm. and potentially that's why I Yeah, I do note that um, Jessica Pearson has her own spin-off show. Um, so I think yeah. that would be definitely worth checking out because she was she's certainly one of my favorite characters from from the pilot. Um, I've seen a fair bit of Suits as well. I stopped watching before, obviously before um, Mike and Rachel um, leave, obviously because I um, don't remember watching after after they'd gone. Um, but I think Pearson probably worth checking out because it looks like a it'd be right, following. It's, ten, it's, only, it's only ten episodes, so you can probably binge it. it didn't do well then, obviously. Oh, right. that okay. I but, do not uh, know. Maybe maybe COVID stopped it. I'm not sure. Oh, not to worry. 
Um, should we wrap up and, and think about doing some final thoughts and recommendations? Yeah, well, I, I, I think obviously I'm, I'm not going to go back and watch Psych. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to continue on with it. I think it was it was fine for what it was, but when you compare it to an episode like Suits, well, I, I love Suits. I've seen the whole way through, and I think I think he gets. Yep, I just wanted to quickly jump in before we we start wrapping up because there was one thing I didn't want I wanted to talk about, but I didn't, which was the intro music for Suits. Okay, uh, it's it's that song, the Greenback Boogie. You hear it, gets stuck in your head. It's it's really good. I can't even think of what Sykes' music was, and I watched it this afternoon. So you know, no, obviously, didn't really matter. I'm not even sure I had an intro. I don't honest. remember it. Uh, it, it, is re- it is really annoying when you're binge watching it, though, and you can't find a remote <laughs> the intro. That gets really annoying. Um, I mean, I, I, it's, the, it's the argument that anything over kind of 10 seconds is, is too long for me in, a, in an intro for one that you want to binge. Uh, but it is, it is a good song. It does get stuck in your head. And, and it is one of those ones where you, you play suits into it. Even though it doesn't, I don't think it has a really big impact on the, the story, like the greenback boogie, I'm guessing it's about money. It is. It's all um, about chasing money. And yeah. uh, and, and that, that fits into the motif of the show really, really well. Like the practice to me still has the best legal procedural. That and Law and Order. Like oh, the dunk, Law and Order thing yeah. is absolutely on point for that. Um, but uh, it's it is it's a much better theme song. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm actually surprised to be honest that that Psych has made it so far in terms of its episode base. It clearly picks up and has it has an audience. Um, but uh, yeah, it suits for me every every day of the week. I just wonder if it, if it was the right place, right time, psych for that for that kind of phenomenon, and then kind of just kind of tailed on. Based it's on certainly the, not in the, in the public psyche. I think. Well, it, it was it was the highest the highest watched premiere of any cable network show of an or something. It's a, it's got one of those titles where it's one of those highest rating, um, highest really view, yes yeah. one for a new for a new cable channel. I think it was called. So obviously it had a following. It got six point something million viewers in the first. Yeah, episode. right. Well, that's remarkable I mean, for our Australian obviously, listeners. Obviously, market it well. For our Australian listeners, Netflix carries uh, Suits, and yep. uh, Amazon carries uh, Psych. All of the seasons, if you're interested in either one of those. Um, yep. But yep. I, I would not. I, honestly, I'm based on the on the pilot. I would be absolutely all about Suits and and not at all on Psych. So you need, yep. need to see Suits. Yeah, I think Suits was excellent. I certainly would recommend Suits um, as a thing to watch. Psych, as I said, feels a bit like daytime TV filler. You might have it on in the background here and there. If you're interested in, you know, um, psychics and and you're interested, I suppose, the plot device of uh, this guy with identity memory and someone faking their way through um, through the situation, yeah, feel free to whack an episode of Psych on and check it out if you've got nothing else going on. But if you haven't seen Suits, get on it for sure. What, what Christian is saying is it's our generation's jag. I think that's, Ooh, that's right. That's going back a while, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I remember Every Jag. time I turned TV on, Jag's on. And I was like, this feels like it should be primetime Jag show. Or, or NCIS. Yeah. Well, that's, yep. that's not that argument. Um, yeah, that, that's bang on. It is it is Jag. Or if you're in the 1990s watching Jag in primetime, it's it's a country practice or something like that. Solid. For our Australian yeah. listeners who understand what that is, if you are under... If you're over 30 years old, you, you may remember that. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, we, we'll talk about water rats in another time as well. Um, <laughs> so so, so to, to wind up, uh, Jag's fine. Uh, <laughs> so MacGyver. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> we, we add that to the list, Jag and, and NCIS. Is that something we should put on? I'm, I'm totally sure. adding... NCIS is already on. I'm totally adding yeah, Jag though, um, because no, we yeah, haven't got that on there yet. <laughs> I think we've we've gone off the rails. Uh, yep. But uh, all right. Well, thanks very much for listening. Um, you can. We'd love to hear your opinions uh, as usual. You can find us at on at Twitter at Hardly TV History. Uh, we have a Facebook page that is also, funnily enough, Hardly TV History. Um, sure. And uh, we you can hit us up on masspodcasters at gmail.com, which is of course the parent show to this. Um, but, uh, we, you know, I think we're st- steadily building an audience just of hardly TV history fans, which is nice. So we sure want to another email address. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for, but, um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, boys, final thoughts. Uh, I just want to say goodbye. I think, I think we've, we've covered everything from Jag to suits. I think we're, I think we're doing a pretty good job so far. Yeah. I'm pretty chuffed. We even managed to throw in a country practice and water rates. Oh, so good, good job. Good, good job people for our, American listeners, of which we know there are some, 
for some reason. Yes. Um, we will explain what those shows are at some point down the road. I think, I think for our Canadian listeners, it's Moose, Pat- Moose Patrol, I think is a show in the 60s uh, solely about moose that solve crime. Uh, for American, just chuck on Fox News and you'll see plenty of <laughs> crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should also add Murder, She Wrote to the list as well because that's another one from, from back in the day. Why is no one fingering her for the crime? 600 episodes, she's the only thing in common. Is she in a small town as well? Like, not a massive town. If she turned up, I'd be like, get the fuck out, get away from me. <laughs> All right, you ready to call the outro? Yep, talent's here, let's go. All right, you want to warm up or anything first? No, I'm no. good. <clears throat> okay, hit me. Now remember, no cliches, funny, light, it's a podcast. Go. In a world. Always do this. It's the first one. But that's, that's It's what, the most obvious but one. But that's what good trailers No, no, just no. On the edge of space. Shand. bedroom, house, podcast, us, go. Jurassic Park meets Twilight. <laughs> Imagine it. Yeah, yeah. We're a podcast. But We're not a movie. Dun, dun, dun. We podcast. Us talking about movies. Is it just, just no, no, just go. Is it because the no, gen- the T Rex no. has little arms and couldn't stab him in the chest with a stake? Go. A rooster and a cat are friends? I know you're a cock, but this come on. Movies podcast. It's us talking about them. Go. Two idiots have a podcast. They talk about movies and nonsense. If you'd like to join in that conversation, you can hit them up on masspodcasters at gmail.com or talk to them on Facebook. That's that so hard? Yeah, my voice hurts a little. I've got a tickle and I actually think Jurassic Park and Twilight as a crossover would work. <sighs> Shut up.